Break out the barbecue and beach balls. It's officially summer. Hello, and welcome to the Grace of Giving podcast. We're your hosts, James Riley. And Grace Prasniewski. Thank you all for joining us today. The sun is out. The birds are singing. That's right. We're safely out from under the permacloud for the foreseeable (laughs) future. And to top it all off, we have a great guest with us today. We sure do. We're so excited to pick the brain of this next colleague of ours. Please welcome to the show, Regional Director of the East Coast Team, Mr. Tom Molnar. Welcome, Tom. Hey, guys. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Doing great. The sun's been out. It's actually been a little warm here in, in the area, which is, uh, which is a welcome sign. You know, spring is kind of wrapping up a little bit, and, and summer is right around the corner for us. Yeah, it's good. We, we need to get outside. We, we've been inside cooped up for a couple months. It's good to get out. Absolutely. So, Tom, tell us a little bit about your, your childhood. Where'd you grow up? Sure, sure. Uh, youngest of five kids growing up in the shadow of the dome just across the river uh, off of Portage, nice. so really close to Notre Dame. And uh, my late father, uh, who passed away a couple months ago, mm-hmm. uh, great hero of mine, uh, was a Southman policeman and chief of detectives. So I grew up in a, uh, you know, it, it's kind of funny growing up that like, I wonder I was a fifth of five kids and how many, uh, how much did he know I was doing, you know? And, uh, <laughs> I remember, I remember my first visit to Notre Dame at the grotto feeding the ducks. Uh, uh I remember, and, and you get, you maybe Jim or um, J- James growing up in South Bend, mm-hmm. you could cover some ground. We walked oh, yeah. everywhere. We rode our bikes. You could get out. And uh, one of the most fun things was uh, sneaking onto campus uh, <laughs> or maybe getting it, maybe getting into a game or two, like at halftime and they let, and the ushers let us just come in. And so I was always around Notre Dame and, 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 uh, and loved it. And, um, and then uh, it's fun. I was funny thinking about this week. That uh, every time I go through the security gate and give them a wave, you know, you got the you got the tag, the hang tag, and like That's I right. felt like a kid, like a kid that like I'm getting on campus again. So it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I, I knew there was a, a reason why I really enjoy being around you is because we're both from South Bend. <laughs> That's right. That's right, man. That's South right. South Bend townies. No, I remember growing up, um, just thinking that Mishawaka was in Ohio, like it was far away oh, yeah. from South Bend. It was far away. It, it was, was far. And now we drive through there every day, going to the Grape Road and all that stuff. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a good, a good place to grow up. That's good place right. To grow up. No doubt. Uh, so Tom, what did you go to school for slash what field uh, did you think you were going to enter uh, when you were uh, a child? Yeah, I, uh, I actually, speaking of Notre Dame, I applied coming out of a uh, local high school, Adams High School. Yes. That's where I went, and, uh, and I was, uh, I was denied, and then, uh, and I tried to transfer. I went off to IU Bloomington and uh, tried to transfer to Notre Dame, and that was a no. Uh, and then finally, as a graduate student, they said, well, I guess we got to let this guy get a chance here. We said no so many times, let him come. So I actually did my uh, graduate degree at Notre Dame, and um I've always, as far as what I thought I would do is I've always felt, uh, really it was an undergraduate where, uh, I, uh, which was at Bethel college is where I ended up right down the road, about mm-hmm. three miles from campus, a small school at the time. And, and, uh, and I started the nonprofit program. And, uh, while I was there at Notre Dame, I was at Bethel, I started at Notre Dame and I just felt a calling to serve in some sort of ministry. And then, uh, and then I took a class in actually in development, 
back in 95 by a guy named Brian Regan, who was a, he was a leader in development and he taught the class. And that's why I'm like, man, development, I would love to do that someday. And that was in 90, 95 mm. and that seed was planted. So, mm. um, that's kind of how it started. Your, awesome. your story is, uh, is, is very reminiscent to the, the story of the fundraiser when we're working with benefactors and maybe you come to the first time to ask them for a gift and they say no. And then, you know, the second time and they would, they say, well, no, you know, now is not a good time. And then finally you ask them maybe a third time and the gift comes through, but all those no's do lead to a yes. And that's what happened with your, your Notre Dame story, Tom, you went, you know, and tried to try it again, tried again. And then finally you got into grad school and, and, and you're a domer. Yeah. Yeah. It was, a, it was a long, and it just seems like, you know, I think life can be like that. I mean, it's not always uh, perfect. Right. And, mm. um, but persistence is always something you gotta, gotta stay after in life. So that's all right. No doubt. What about your professional career? Maybe before development? Um, what were, what were those days like? Yeah, it's interesting. And it's amazing how time is flying. I mean, <laughs> I mean, uh, we're in the same era, I guess, but like, it's been a lot of years going, uh, going since school now. And I, uh, so I finished up at Bethel, uh, finished my last two years of college. I played baseball there. And, um, and I, I, again, I started that master's program when I was done. Um, I, I did, I worked in the admissions office recruiting students at Bethel for four years after mm-hmm. graduated, helping them build their program and they were helping to grow. And then, Again, back to this program I took in uh, development class at Notre Dame. Um, I was like, I want to do this, and and I had an opportunity at St. Joe Hospital, Mishawaka, and Hannah's house. Hannah's house is a. It was just opening up. It was um, still in existence. It's a home for unwed teen moms, and they needed someone to do development. I'd never done development work, and this is kind of starts on that relying on persistence again a uh, guy by the name of bill Ka- bill killalay was my boss and he was a big south bender he was a 1960 grad notre dame grad and real involved locally and passed away a couple of years ago but uh, he was a tough dude and uh, i was just so excited to be in development and helping people and uh, it was a good good situation i thought and then the they, the hospital merged with another hospital and they uh, eliminated the position. So I just started like four months and they said, well, we're not going to do this. So I was kind of scrambling and not many people are going to know this, but uh, (laughs) uh, he said, you know what? And he owned it before he got into development. He owned a car, car business. I was going to say that name sounds familiar. He did did own a car business. He said, you ought to, you ought to go into car sales. And he he thought I need to be toughened up a little bit, take some rejection (laughs) and stuff like that. So I, I knew the Gates family. Uh, the Gates family in town and they have a couple of dealerships. And so I'm like sales. I kind of thought of sales anyway. I'm like, but I never thought of car sales. I'm like, well, I'll go. And they're a real good family, real good Christian family. And, and I went there, I ended up staying there for five years wow. and, um, and uh, just helped people. I'm the same way now as I was then. I just help people out and take care of them. And, and so it was, did the business the right way. And, and, but, but after a while, I'm like, I gotta, that's, it's not my calling. It's, it's, uh, it's something more direct with people, ministry or development, whatever. I had a chance to go back to Bethel college for another seven years, almost eight years in development. Mm. So that's where I got my start, really a, a career okay. in development. And then, uh, and then of course, while I was there, uh, and I'll tell you a, a little bit, in a minute about how um, Bill Doyle was influential, ah. current Bill Doyle. 
So, uh, but anyway, ended up getting back into development uh, more uh, directly before Notre Dame. Nice. So, and what brought you to Notre Dame and sort of your current track? Yeah. Now, uh, bigger picture wise, you know, and this guides me to today, inspired a burning heart to just, you know, to serve Our Lady's mission. I had that early on. I knew I wanted to be a part of it in some way. Um, and uh, it was a key call in 1998. Bill Doyle <laughs> was down in Atlanta. And so that's when we had the regional office down there and I was in the car business and he's like, he's, and there was two, there's a couple positions. Uh, one was Chicago and one was um, down in Atlanta and I had applied to those and, uh, and didn't get them. I was, didn't even get a, you know, just rejection letter or whatever. And he's like, don't give up, you know? And, and if you know, Bill Doyle, he's, he's for real. And, and I, at the, at first I'm like, is he really serious? But he just really encouraged me that stuck with me. And, um, and then, uh, you know, you know, the other thing that brought me here is just a desire to help others uh, experience the grace of Notre Dame, too, that I had experienced growing up and then as a student. Very nice. Now, Tommy, you're in a class of probably what's known as our, our, our most tenured fundraisers here. Um, mm-hmm. You've been here for quite a while. How many years have you been here and, and what keeps you here? All right. Twelve, almost uh, well, a little over 12 years, a little right. over 12 years this past nice. February. Yeah, it goes fast. It does. And, uh, and, uh, and again, bigger picture. Uh, I thought I knew you were going to ask me this. And uh, so <laughs> I want to read an excerpt from a, just a short excerpt from uh, this book. Uh, it's called to stir the soul. Okay. I don't know if you guys have seen it, Spiritual Inspirations from Notre Dame by Jim Langford. Oh, Jim. And then Father Father Kapora is a fool. But it's just little, you know, faith, hope, love, just little things, inspirations. And it's, you know, Father Hesburgh's got something in there. And uh, But there's a section on hope. And I thought it was just, I mean, it just really exemplifies, like I thought of this before he even said that. I, before I, I just saw this book, just got this. and uh, But he's talking about the people. He's talking mm-hmm. about that aspect. And he says, generations after generations of them here to study. He's talking about it at Notre Dame. Study, write, teach, pray, work. Privileged to be in the company of other res- other searchers in a place dedicated to Mary, the mother of Jesus. It is a family, and it can trace its immediate lineage back to 1842 and its real ancestry back more than two millennia. Like every family, it has its share of dysfunction. Unlike every family... It also has the resources and the will to act in the best interest of the individual and the community as a whole. It is possible that there's no place on earth with a greater concentration of good people. Mm. No one comes here seeking soulless inspiration, knowledge, or care, leaves unchanged. Like it or not, sense it or not, to come here is to be touched by and to take away some portion of the grace that seems to spring from every from the very ground not to worry the supply is infinite yeah and uh i was thinking of the name of your podcast grace of giving and uh mm-hmm. this place notre dame keeps on giving and, and what keeps me here it's the mission it's the people it's knowing that we're you know we're helping to build you know in a, in a bigger sense you know outside of education even you know god's kingdom as being a force for good and uh and and a rare, and another practical thing besides development is is the grotto. I'm a volunteer at the grotto to pray the prayers every week. Hmm. So I don't know if I have a job for the rest of my life or not, but if if they need someone, they don't have to pay me. Uh, I'll go down there every week. (laughs) uh, So all those prayers that come in for our alumni, about four years ago, they, 
they needed some help uh, during Advent. And I said, after I said, can I keep doing this? I really like this. And it, it keeps you grounded on what, what it's all about in Notre Dame. That's right. So, yeah, that's that, a long answer to your question. That's a beautiful answer, Tom. <laughs> beautiful. I, I was just there uh, at the Gretel yesterday, and it was just so peaceful uh, on campus. You know, this it's quiet there because there aren't any students, obviously, but it, uh, it was just so peaceful, and the the weather was nice, and I just enjoyed my time there. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's well, that's where it all started for me, right? That's uh, right. Which is funny, and uh, and I think that's where it'll, you know, that's where maybe hopefully my last stop is in life, and hmm. but uh, it's a beautiful place. It's always, you know, whether good times or bad, it's mm-hmm. always the place to go. Definitely. Um, so, Tom, what are some of the most important lessons you've learned in your time in development, both at Notre Dame and at Bethel? Um. I kind of, you know, focused on Notre Dame most recently. I'm going to give a shout out to several people, but, and you've heard Lunati say, stay hungry and humble. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always remember that George Duke, a veteran, uh, be yourself, listen well, be responsive. Chuck Snurr, pick your sweet spots, mm-hmm. uh, meaning how you spend your time and things mm-hmm. like that. Bill Doyle, uh, he, and I have this written on a napkin, and he was probably, when he gave this to me, it was when I first started years ago and he said our might be different or higher just talking about how you know when we're talking to people that you know you know maybe that maybe we're going to ask for more uh, impact and more giving and things like that and then michael mclaughlin when i first started on his team when he was a regional director was keep doing the right things right and keep close to the blessed mother and all will be good and finally my current uh regional director uh, senior regional director george west Keep putting the inputs in, and results will come. That's right. So that's wow. That's a that's a uh, you know those are influential people for me, leaders, and uh, and I listen to what they say, and I and I can't I hang on to it. That's right. Mm-hmm. Wow, what a great list, great mentors to have. Yeah, great lessons to fall back on. Now, thinking about the challenging time that we're in, this is a crazy time. You know, these past two and a half, three months we're we're living through has has been challenging for no doubt every yeah. every human yeah. being right now. So present time excluded, is there a time or situation that you found challenging in your current role and how did you go about working through it? Well, it, I, I was thinking back to a previous, I was thinking about my first role at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. And so when I, when I back to when I left Bethel in 2008, uh, they had this, it was a temporary position. So, I mean, I had a family of, I think at that time I had, a, I had family of four kids, family, four kids. And, uh, I, got this chance to work at Notre Dame. I was so excited. I'm like, I'm going and, and, uh, and, uh, you know, left, left where I was doing. And then, uh, it was a major gift associate. And, uh, I think it's similar to what Pablo's in the team over there do with their, with just utilizing the phone. So that was the main point of contact. And I had experience meeting with people and being on the road and stuff like that. But this, this was a job that was going to require, mostly phone and this was in 0809 and the three challenges that we had are some sort of parallels to today where you had you know there was a recession mm-hmm. um there was uh the football team now fortunately it's not down but back then it was down the football was really struggling they came off a <laughs> three and something season or whatever and wow and so you you, you had and could and the people we were talking to were um, maybe recognition society members that were motivated a little bit by football and, and, uh, and they were affected by the economy. And then, uh, so it just having those challenges there made it tough. But what I did is I would just worked hard to listen, be present 
and respond appropriately and learn to keep asking, you know, for gifts to Notre Dame through the tough times. And, mm-hmm. and the last thing I'll say, this is a, just a memory of, of that experience of that job. And, uh, and a, a good colleague, Luke Conway started six months after I did. And I remember, uh, I don't remember how it was exactly his first day. But I remember my first day, I didn't care where I was. I, if I was sweeping floors at Notre Dame or if I was in a basement or whatever, and I thought I was just happy to be here. And it was Grace Hall, back to Grace. It was wow. Grace Hall. And it was the, they didn't have room on the 9th, 10th, and 11th. And I didn't even think about the fact that, well, maybe it's because I'm a temporary employee. They didn't want to get me too comfortable. <laughs> and uh, so they uh, so they had this 12th floor lounge and, and uh, it, it was just open. And uh, I walk in there and I see this picture. I mean, the window is the dome. It's like, I'm picturing, I'm going to be like a, a windowless office. It didn't matter where I was at. And that is a beautiful thing. And uh, so every day, uh, I can't do it today. Uh, uh, after 12 years, I'd have to get in better shape. I would run up to, I would run up the stairs every day to work 12 flights. Wow. So excited. <laughs> and, and in parking in Grace Hall, you had to get there early to get a spot. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so same, I was just, same. So true. Yeah. Same as now. Yeah. So I, I was just so excited. I was so excited to be here. But again, it was like, I was inspired to help and it was, there was some adversity similar to the way it is now, but you just keep pushing through. And so when I would think of those runs up the steps, it's like, let's go get this, you know, let's go after this and mm. be ready to, to do the best you can every day. That's great motivation. I yeah. wish I would have, uh, taken the, st- taken the steps yesterday. <laughs> Here, listen to this. This is, this is a true story. I, I mentioned <laughs> that I was on campus. So I went to the grotto, but I also went to grace just to see what, what the offices looked like. I hadn't been there since probably the second week of, uh, of March when all this craziness happened. So yeah. I, I get out my ID to access to get in the building because it's locked. <laughs> and then I, I hold on to my ID because I think you have to swipe once you get in the elevators mm-hmm. uh, if the building sure. is closed. So I did that. Pushed 11, uh, go up first, first flight, second story, third story, fourth story, fifth, click. <laughs> it stopped. Uh-oh. In between the fifth and sixth Uh-oh. floor, so Uh-oh. I'm pushing buttons. I'm like, uh, oh, kind of semi panicking, didn't know what to do. But then I calmed down and just kind of t- took a deep breath and I pushed the emergency <laughs> scary, button. Man. That is scary. Oh my gosh, that yeah, yes. that's freaky. That's, that's, crazy. that's a bad dream right there. Oh, but tell me about it. Oh, Never happened gosh. to me before. But the the good fellows at the uh, Notre Dame Fire Department came and rescued me oh, and gosh. pried oh, open gosh. the doors and I. Uh, <laughs> Jumped out in between the fifth and sixth floor. Oh, oh my gosh, James. Next, next time, next time you walk it. That's right, and I did too. From there on, from the fifth wow. and a half or fifth floor all the way up to the eleventh floor, I walked. Oh <laughs> my god, that is right. So thank you, Notre Dame Fire Department, for rescuing me. Oh man. <laughs> um. Well, so Tom, thinking about our current situations and the uncertainties that exist in terms of the economy and travel and all those things that kind of go into your job. Um, what are you keeping in mind or focusing on moving forward in your role? Well, just, um, you know, start, you've always got a gratitude every day. Uh, some days are better than others, but just staying hopeful and remember the many guys, the many times, uh, God has blessed us just in spite of what we've done. I mean, he, he's, he's, He's uh, providing, uh, keep showing up, remember the inspiration of Ladies' Mission. And, you know, just, I think Lou Nani said that a couple, um, maybe a couple uh, uh, summits ago, just about remembering the mission. You know, mm-hmm. when it got difficult, uh, 
and it could be difficult for you or for the, you know, whatever. And I think these are one of those times where we've got to remember the mission. And, and I think that's, that's going to really help get us through. And, and it always does remember who you are and, uh, and just keep doing the things that are important in your work. And, and again, try to guard against the attitude because it does, you can get negative or get discouraged. Mm, that's right. Mm-hmm. No doubt. What do you hope Tom to accomplish through your, your good work that you're doing here at Notre Dame? Um, well, this is another big, uh, big, big thought here, big, big, uh, big picture. But uh, in in a real way, uh, my hope is that um, you know that we not only you know to grow and encourage donors, their giving hearts, uh, but also to see them sort of grow in their faith too. Mm. Um, it's you know that it won't be just about it's not just about the money, but building a relationship that they they feel connected to a place and they feel that inspiration and whether they attend it or not. And, uh, and they're growing as well. They're growing in their faith and it's the way they're meant to. Is there a gift that stands out to you that maybe your proudest or you thought was most impactful to you personally to help facilitate? Uh, there's a family, uh, the McGlynn family. So, McGlynn Hall is named after former uh, late trustee. He's a late trustee, uh, Terry Glenn. Mm-hmm. So in the last in the last five years, I've caught up with the kids and been able to be a part of that relationship. Lou Nani's real close to that family. And so when I think of the giving, I think of just that family. It's great to be a part of it. And there's a there's a couple siblings. And what's really cool is just recently, just this, I mean, like, at least three of the four have already stepped up and done something really special. Wow. And so wow. it's, it's neat to be a part of that because they get it, you know, they, they get what Notre Dame's about and they, they see where we're at and they're falling in their dad's footsteps and they're just, they're, they're following his legacy and they're creating a new one. So what's uh, enjoyable for me is just to kind of pick up, uh, I, although I never met their dad, I, you know, I hear about him and things mm-hmm. like that, but kind of that next generation and, and this quote McGlynn family is, I think there's more to come, but, um, you know, the, the giving is, is involved financial aid in all, in all three situations and all three of the kids. So they, they get what we're, what's important and they, uh, they want to be a part of it. So after 12 years, Tommy, that what's some of your favorite or your most fondest memory here in Notre Dame development, man, <laughs> uh, you were on this too, the Notre Dame trail, man, oh, the my Notre goodness. Dame trail was a life changing wow. experience. And, uh, I don't know, you know, who, who all's listening in. It was, it's like three years ago, but I don't know. I, and I've done some things. I've done some uh, travel abroad. I've done other country, you know, years ago and sort of different outreaches and ministry and things like that. But I'm like, this was so impactful to me. And mm. number one, I'd never been away. It was 13 days and I helped on the front end and then walked on that back end, but I was gone for uh, almost two weeks. And, um, I had never been away from the family that long, hmm. you know, with the current situation. And, and so it was, it, you know, I was sort of, uh, you know, it was a sacrifice for everybody, but just the blessings. And I'll never forget the celebration in Howard park, the band, <laughs> right. your band, man. Oh, it was fun. <laughs> the band, the band and people were dancing and it was like, it was a long trip, man. It even was the five day, even the five day portion, but yeah, just the, just that whole experience. And, uh, that, that just kind of capsulizes Notre Dame, who we are and just, you know, it was very creative. So no doubt. Yeah. yeah. A couple, couple memories for me as well is that, uh, you are a very fast walker. <laughs> it's hard, hard to keep up with. You. I tried to keep up with you, but, uh, you were pushing it, man. You were leading. I had pack. to go to the back. 
that, well, the secret is I had to go to the bathroom every time. <laughs> I always drank so much water, and I'm like, oh, oh I know. And, then, and I think I just think you, I think you're, uh, you get just get inspired, you know, and mm-hmm. um, and I think you just sometimes it's like uh, like you're talking about this current situation, and and some ways to lead is just by example, and like you realize, let's say people are struggling a little bit, or they're just, you know, maybe you sense sense that that sometimes just picking up the pace a little bit can maybe help somebody get through mm. so i think that's why i was i would and and plus maybe i thought i'd get home faster that's right <laughs> <laughs> talk about motivation i'll never yeah go ahead oh no go ahead i was gonna say i'll never forget on that trail when we because uh, these are back roads. I mean, mm-hmm. this wasn't this wasn't US thirty one all the way from no. Vincennes to this was back road country. And I remember there was a paint. You remember this, uh, James? But there's a painted on the ground. It was like St. Joe County. It's like when you stepped in yes. from the previous county to the next. We knew we were like almost there. Exactly. It was, like, That's right. it was a great feeling. Like you stepped into the county, so we're like close to home. <laughs> but you still had like seventeen miles to go. Oh, oh so much God. longer. Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> Oh, uh, I remember when uh, <laughs> on the on the trial run when we were going through some county, uh, Mike Connaughton he had to fake a some sort of uh, make maybe a heart attack or something like that. And oh, so, uh, oh, to like test to, to test, yeah, the the emergency system oh, or whatever. My gosh. And so wow. he you know kind of slowly fell to the ground and he fell in a patch of weeds. That patch of weeds turned out to be poison ivy. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh, nice. He did have an emergency. Wow. <laughs> oh, Thank oh you, goodness. Michael Connaughton. Wow. <laughs> we should collect all the stories that oh, people so have from the Notre Dame Trail. That's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was, it oh, was fun. Man. Oh, man. Well, speaking of uh, home, uh, can you tell us a little bit about your family? Sure. Married to Beth. We've been married for 29 years, which mm. is hard to believe that time wow. has gone by. Four kids. Joe's 23. Elizabeth's 19. Gracie is 18. She's uh, just finished her freshman year at Notre Dame. And then right. John is a, uh, finished his eighth grade year, 15. And um, one thing that's unique about our family is how God's put it together. You know, you have this vision that you want to have a family someday and like kids are going to look like this. You're going to have this many kids. You start to imagine and boys and girls, whatever. And uh, it was difficult for us to have children right off the bat. So we uh, opened ourselves up to adoption mm-hmm. process. Mm-hmm. And so our first three actually are adopted, uh, Gracie came all the way from China. John, uh, Elizabeth and Joe were right from South Bend. We were foster parents. Hmm. And then uh, and then the, the, the cool thing is to give us, I guess, a taste of both worlds. After 13 years of marriage, we got a surprise. We, it's like we got pregnant. We had no idea. We had no clue. I mean, wow. that, that, could, that that was possible. I mean, it was a miracle. So Johnny is, the you know, he's 15 now. So, so it's just kind of amazing how, you know, you think things are going to go a certain way and then how God might put things together and you just kind of go with it and, and so they're all doing well, and um, so keeps us busy. That's right. So great to awesome. hear. What a nice story. Thanks for sharing that, Tom. What do you like to do outside of work? Uh, family. Family. Yeah. Uh, walking. Walking. I have a, I, uh, <laughs> walking. <laughs> Just keep walking. Kind of like Such Forrest a fast Gump. walker. <laughs> uh, uh, you have to watch that Forrest Gump clip when he just takes off running. Oh, just, yeah. I just ran and I turned around. <laughs> that's that's the way it's getting now. I just think you need time to think. And in running, I used to run and do travelings and that, but like walking, it slows you. I mean, it's it's some ways harder because you're you're out there longer and you're just in that same pace. So, but I do enjoy walking. Now I'm getting into biking. James, mm. you'll appreciate this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Cummings and I 
and have been biking uh, not real fast not real fast no not real fast <laughs> but uh uh and then i i enjoy history and travel so like when we when we bike we've been biking a couple times a week tom is a histo he's a, he knows this history man i mean he mm. could teach a class riding a bike that's how good he is <laughs> i've asked him certain questions and in fact there was one day we were talking about uh, I can't remember. It was early. It was Notre Dame history, early church, or something like that, or a couple figures in the early years, Middle Ages. He, I went back home and looked them up. He had the dates exactly. He had every, wow. like, <laughs> he, he knows bike. everything. So it makes the biking go faster because you can uh, you can uh, talk about history. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to join in on that fun. I know TC definitely been talking about it for a while. Uh, uh, him and Steve Camilleri. They tend to yes. go around the the city on bikes, so I want to. He's taking a break a little bit. He's uh, he's been busy with the homeless center, so sure. he's, we we got to get him out there. But uh, he knows Tom and I are doing it, but uh, he's he's uh, he's waiting. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, what's something that's kept you hopeful during this time? Uh, you know, the mutual encouragement from family, friends, colleagues, benef- even benefactors, the back and forth that it, it's actually it's like. It's, you know, this is, an, you know, even before kind of the recent challenges last few months, these things were in place before, but I think just relying on those the closest to you, um, and again, not just family, friends, but even benefactors, there's a, we're going through this together. So there's sort of a mutual encouragement going on. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's gotten me through. Now, now I know earlier you shared a, a bit of a piece of advice that you've gotten from colleagues and maybe this is the same question, but just asked in a different format. What is the best piece of advice you've received either professionally or otherwise? Uh, well, you wouldn't, uh, they come from all places, right? And, and they stick with you. So this one that I thinking about is I was a, a laborer in Chicago. So just a, you know, simple general labor uh, on a construction project in Chicago in the summers of, of uh, in between college and uh, if you've ever done that kind of work, you've done every construction, I mean, you know, you may have a certain stereotype of what the construction workers are like or whatever, but mm-hmm. these guys were great. And one of them was from, uh, one of them was from actually from Honduras, I think. And I had been there on a trip that summer, coincidentally, to Honduras. And I think he was over there maybe just for the summer, but they knew I was a college student and a lot of the guys were union guys. So they were a little suspicious of me and like how I got the job. My brother worked there. So I, I think, I don't think I would have got the job without my brother's help. He was mm-hmm. a higher level there, but I worked hard and, uh, but I, you know, a couple lessons, first of all, how, you know, there's particularly the ones, the, the, the guys that came from, um, came from out of the country to work there in the summers, they would, they would work, and send money back home to like Mexico or whatever. Mm-hmm. And these guys never sat down for lunch. I mean, they worked, I mean, this was hard work. This was harder than like, if you ever played football in high school, two a days and sweating and all that stuff, hard work. Oh yeah. This was harder than that. And, uh, but one of the guys, uh, we were eating lunch and he was just talking. He maybe felt like he wanted to encourage. He said the phrase, I'll never forget. He said, don't hang your hat too high. He always said that. And I think it was about humility. He's like, you know, don't, you know, maybe don't live above your means. Don't, don't think too much of yourself, but don't hang your hat too high. That That's something that's always, I think that's what he meant. I think it was about humility because he came from humble situations. But, um, but again, these were hard workers and, um, you know, really taught me a lot. All of them did, but that, that phrase sticks out. That's a great piece of advice. 
Yeah, definitely. Well, we're actually nearly at the end of our time together, but before we sign off, we're going to throw a quick take five your way. So five questions. You got five seconds to answer. Okay. Ready? Oh boy. Okay. Okay. (laughs) All right. Favorite summer activity. St. Joe, Michigan, which is our Jersey shore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> St. Joe, Michigan. That's all the closest thing we have in the ocean around here. Love it. Love it. <laughs> Favorite spot on campus? You guys should guess it. Grotto. That's right. Best local pizza place? Um, this place called um, Mimo's, which used to be a guy who used to work for Bruno's. I think he took he started on his own. Mimo's Pizza it's in Mishawaka. And then maybe Barnaby's or a couple of them. Mm-hmm. I love Mimos. It's right by my apartment. Oh, yeah? It's super good. Okay, yeah. cool. nice. <laughs> I'm hearing some great things about Bourbon Street Pizza, too, by the way. I haven't uh, had oh. that yet. Yeah, Ooh. me neither. I'm going to try it. Well, Most good. memorable Notre Dame game you attended? <laughs> There's two. And if, if my daughter, back to Gracie. Now, Grace, my daughter's name is Gracie. So there's a theme here. Oh, wow. But uh, she, <laughs> I, I, I told her I was going to be on a podcast, and she was really excited. And I, and, and I said, you know what? You know, I may mention the family or anything like that, but, this, you know, your question makes me think of two games. So the first one, though, is my son, Joe. He loves Notre Dame football. Oh, six. This is when Santucci was playing and mm-hmm. Bob Morton and George West. That that game, they'll remember it well, but that's when Samarj or Brady Quinn let him down. Samarj did last second. UCLA. Anyway, Joe and I Joe and I were in the section. The, we were actually in the UCLA section. Mm. Uh, I wasn't working at Notre Dame, obviously. and uh, But he was crying. He was sitting down. He thought we lost. I'm like, don't no. give up, man. Don't give up. <laughs> and uh, and I remember that. I make fun of him all the time. And like, and now since that time, I now I know why he's nuts about Notre Dame football because he, you know, he's he's drank the Kool Aid, right? Yes. He doesn't give up. <laughs> and then Gracie, I'm convinced that this is why she came to Notre Dame. But in 2013, so when she was uh, 13, um, there was the BYU game when it was negative nine with the wind chill, I think. And the, the snow was blowing sideways. It was so cold. I didn't want to leave. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I've only left a couple games in my life, and I'm like, I don't want to leave. She was like, her teeth were chattering. And, <laughs> and one of my benefactors gave her a scarf. Another one said, you got to take her home. You know, and I'm like, wow. I, finally, I probably wouldn't have. I probably stayed there. But uh, <laughs> I think she realized, man, this place must be pretty special. People are staying in the cold, <laughs> Absolutely. you know, to watch their team. And uh, so, yeah, those two games are Pretty good memories. That's great. <laughs> uh, song that reminds you of summer. Uh, summer breeze makes me feel oh, fine. Oh yes, <laughs> blowing like the jasmine in my mind. Oh yeah, yes. yeah. Always, always got, always got that one ready to go. Love it. I might listen to that later on today. Let's see. <laughs> Just got a nice. You know, we're from the seventies, bro. <laughs> That's like right. The seventies. The seventies. <laughs> Seventy-two, I think that song came out, and it's wow. like uh, some of those things just have a way of sticking around. They sure do. Stick to itiveness, no doubt. <laughs> well, Tom, we've come to the end of our time together. We've gone so fast, my goodness. Thanks so much for joining us, and we had a great time talking with you. Thanks, man. Thanks, Tom. Thank you. Uh, so, James, what's your go-to summer jam? Yeah, it's a little older than the than the um, or a little younger, I guess, than the summer breeze song. I always will tune on uh, or turn on Jazzy Jeff or the Fresh Prince's uh, "Summertime." Summer, summer, summertime. You know, that just reminds me of backyard parties and barbecues. Nice, nice. nice. <laughs> How about you? Or wait, I think I may have a guess. Yeah, you know, my go-to summer jam is. 
Hotel California by the Eagles. Um, But, and of course, our closing jingle. Oh, that one. You had me fooled. Well, thanks again, folks, for listening to the Grace of Giving podcast with our host, Tommy Molnar. I'm James Riley. And I'm Grace Gosniewski. And this has been the Grace of Giving podcast. Thanks so much for listening. And remember, stay Stay golden. golden. Sounds great. Oh, can you hear me? I can't, but again, you're frozen for me. That's weird. Oh, oh, uh, yeah, you like come in and out. Oh, no. Am I still here? Or? You're, well, I can hear you good. Okay. I can see you. I can see and hear you okay. Okay. Oh. Okay. Probably my internet. Hold on. Let me try to open the door. Sometimes that helps with the Wi-Fi. Uh, okay. All right. Anyway. Nice. Um, all right, whenever you're Yeah, ready. if you want to give me like, oh, okay, is it going? Are we like recording? Yep. yep. Oh, okay. All right. All right.